Hello, my name's Michelle Haig. Welcome to this episode of Early Years Connect. In today's episode, we're shining the light on the challenges faced by left-handed children. The origin of the word left, meaning weak or worthless, is just not helpful. Back in 1976, Laverson and Mayer's research concluded that left-handers were the forgotten minority group. But right now, I'm imagining you're thinking of a left-handed family member, a child, or maybe you yourself are left-handed, and are nodding away in acknowledgement that this discussion needs to be had. So approximately 10% of the population are left-handed, and many educational tools and environments are designed with right-handed children in mind. So we're delving deep today into inclusive solutions. From desks and writing tools, to scissors, and even the layout of classrooms. Left-handed children often encounter obstacles that can impact their learning experience. How many children in your class are left-handed? Does that reflect numbers across your school? Do you have a nominated member of staff who specializes in ensuring inclusion for left-handed children? We cover today the benefits of knowing the answer to all of these questions and more as we say hello to the owner of left and right, Mark. Mark, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for asking me. It's uh, much appreciated. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to, um, to have you on the podcast today, Mark. And uh, those who follow Heed on socials will know that I recently reviewed your training video and um, it, it was exceptionally good, Mark. Mm -hmm. it, it really was. And it's it's changed my thinking somewhat going into schools and certainly the questions that I ask people when we look at inclusive environments. So um, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. But um, lead us in, Mark. Tell us, tell us a bit about how you became involved in left-handedness and why you are so passionate about it. Thank you, Michelle. Yes, well, uh, your listeners may be interested to know that actually I'm right-handed, uh, as is my wife, who is a, an ex-teacher, and my eldest son. But my youngest son, Robert, is what I would call uh, left-sided. So he's left-eye dominant, left-hand dominant, left-foot dominant, very well coordinated. It was actually looking for a pair of left-handed scissors for him uh, about 29 years ago, funnily enough. Uh, which started our, our business uh, when he was about four. Um, he had uh, issues at school. Uh, he was given a pair of right-handed scissors to use. And when we went to pick him up at the end of the day, every other child had got their picture on the wall. Robert couldn't even cut it out. And I thought, this this really isn't good enough. Um, and I decided I was, I was looking for new employment at the time. And circumstances came about. And we opened a, a shop in, in Worcester. Uh, bricks and mortar shop uh, and we had that for 25 years um, we actually closed the shop bricks and mortar shop um, about three or four years ago and now I'm uh, doing it from home but it was interesting because when we first opened um, the very first week in fact I had a lady came into the shop and she was uh, in a wheelchair she had some uh, disabilities and um, one of the things that stood out for me she said you don't know how you've changed my life. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's quite deep, really, quite profound. Um, and we also noticed then we were getting quite a lot of children coming in, particularly with handwriting difficulties. And, and I said to my wife, you know, when you were doing your teacher training, did you have any guidance on how to help left-handed children? And she said, no. 
she'd had nothing. And so um, I hunted around, did a bit of research and managed to contact our member of parliament, who at the time was a gentleman called Peter Luff. Now, Peter Luff was great because we could have had a right-handed MP uh, or a left-handed MP with a good style of writing. But Peter Luff was great because he was left-handed and had the sort of hook style of writing that you see some left-handers have. So he was really helpful. Um, and he tabled a number of parliamentary questions. He had a half-hour adjournment debate in the House of Commons. Um, we had a meeting with the chief executive of the Teacher Training Agency, uh, all very helpful. And in fact, one of the, or the replies to the parliamentary questions, which I think are still relevant nowadays, were that the Department of Education does not collect information on what proportion of pupils are left-handed, nor on whether being left-handed had an impact on likely educational achievement. And I thought that's, that's appalling, frankly. And I did, uh, through our uh, local education authority, this would have been back in 1998, something like that, they did a survey uh, and it worked out to about 10%, um, uh, slightly more, um, 13% I think it was actually. And if you um, reflect that nationally, that means there are well over 1.1 million left-handed children and it wasn't part of teacher training and there were no figures on it and there, there seemed to be nothing. So whilst the education system as a whole um, had moved on. I mean, my father-in-law was forced to write right-handed uh, when he was a child. Um, so it's gone from being repressive to being passive. And what I'd like to make it do is be a bit more proactive because, you know, the time in my shop, the numbers of children that we've helped, you can make such a difference to the life of a left-handed child with just simple uh, tips, advice, resources. It, it, it's not rocket science. This this really isn't. I mean, I'm, I'm just a, a right-handed parent. And it's interesting, isn't it, as parents, you know, you, your child struggles with something and it, and it builds and builds into a small business or whatever. And it really grabs you. And I, I would never have thought, you know, 50, 60 years ago that, that, that I'd be doing this. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so there is... Uh, a lack of awareness, a lack of training. Um, I've been into to schools, done talks to all sorts of different groups over, over, over many years. And it's often as not, and, and it's certainly not any fault of the uh, teachers. It, you know, I mean, my wife's a teacher, but so often, even, even some left-handed teachers, uh, when I do my talks, they say, oh, gosh, yeah, I hadn't thought about and, and about that, and the left-handed teacher said, "Yeah, that, that was. I, I struggle with my handwriting as well, and it, it was awful. And I, you know, I was knocking elbows with my right-handed person, the pupil next door, and you know, it's it, it can make a real, real difference. Um, there's, there's one other story I'll tell you very quickly. About four or five years ago, a lady came in, and she was sort of late seventies, I guess, and she wanted a left-handed pen." So I sat her down at the table like I did with all the children uh, and I went through her technique um, and I, she bought a left-handed pen and she left the shop. She came back the following week and I thought, oh dear, what have I done wrong, you know? And um, she said, no, no, it's fine. She said, um, when I left your shop, I was happy. But when I got home, she said, I really got quite upset because I hadn't realized that 
nobody had given me any help like that and how that might have changed my life. And I thought, wow, you know, wow. Th th this is not, I mean, it, it, it's simple stuff to sort out, but it's actually crucially important to the life of the child. You know, I mean, our, our lad, uh, Robert, you know, when he was trying to cut out, simple thing, but the potential result of that is that, that he thinks not what's wrong with the scissors, but what's wrong with me? You know, why can't I cut out? And, and the sort of self-esteem goes and all the rest of it. And, and as parents and, and teachers, we're trying to encourage and give self-confidence to the children. And if you're struggling with basic skills, it, it, it really not helping the child at all. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, it's nice to hear as well about the level of support that you give to people in, in terms of their own personal techniques that they can use and also the training. Um, my own daughter is left-handed. So um, she came home from school. She must have been about seven and she'd been given a left-handed ruler, but with no explanation as to how it worked. And, and she'd had time prior to that using a right-handed ruler and, and all of a sudden it was obviously thought a, a great idea to give this left-handed child a left-handed ruler and um so we started using it at home and i remember vividly sitting down with her at the table and she simply said oh that's how it works and it's yeah. that it, it needs modeling doesn't it for, oh, for every child yeah, yeah. Um, particularly particularly on, on, on handwriting, what I find with uh, an awful lot of children uh, and it's it, parents and teachers, particularly in the early years, because children are using pencil, um, teachers and parents tend to look at what is written, understandably, um, but what they don't do is look at how it's written. And because as right-handers, we're going away from the writing, then to a certain degree, we can get away with a load of rubbish, frankly, uh, about how we're holding it, et cetera, et cetera. We're always going away from it. There, there, there are no um, issues on smudging or covering it. But from the left-handers perspective, because they're coming from behind the writing, you really do need to look at not what is written. Well, you do need to, but, but, but the how is the really crucial bit. And often it happens that children, when they start to use a pen uh, or ink, something like that, they, they find, gosh, that, that their, their, their technique is really letting them down and they're covering over what, over what they're writing, they're smudging, um, they're having problems with copying, that sort of thing. Um, and, and this is where um, sometimes I uh, recommend that you actually cause the problem to solve it. And that sounds a bit odd, maybe. Um, but in the past, I think um, parents used to give children cigars to stop them smoking because they were so foul, you just you just wouldn't touch a cigarette again. Um, but anyway, what I'm what I'm sort of getting at is, for example, if you use a whiteboard and get nice messy ink, uh, fiber tip pens, whatever, uh, for the left hand, and then they start writing, and oh, suddenly it's all been rubbed out, and it's all on their hand, and they can't see what they're doing. You get that sort of um, um moment um where you think ah this is why i need to do it in a certain way uh, um that that light bulb moment um and and it once they've got it of course they're sorted for the rest of their life you know um 
And it's it, it's those little things and the, 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 that are so critical for the left hand, like how you hold the pen or pencil, where you have it in the hand, how you pay, have the paper, how you have the arm and the wrist. And, and those are all critical. So when we look at when we look at um, we look at teaching assistants, nursery nurses, teachers that are out there working with children from their earliest years. At what age should they expect children to have their hand dominance really really sorted by? It, it, it varies, Michelle. You you really can't be dogmatic about it. Um, certainly, when Robert came along, um, we were told you know health visitors say you can't tell until the child is three. Uh, I would uh, seriously debate that from uh, my own experience and my wife's experience. Um, we would put Robert in, in a high chair, put a spoon in his right hand as far right as you want. Uh, it would go straight to his left. He is dominantly left-sided, uh, no doubt about it at all. Having said that, um, I had a young girl in the shop who must have been about 12, 13, and she was still undecided. <laughs> So there are um, various ages. Uh, the majority, one would suggest, um, you can tell by the child by the time they're four or five, something like that. So it varies. Um, it depends where where you are on on the scale from being totally left-handed to being totally right-handed. Uh, and and interestingly, um, when I do my talks and and on the video. Um, we do some uh, laterality questions, which are quite interesting, um, which you, you think, I mean, when, when I did the laterality questions, I think I say, well, I'm, I'm right handed. And suddenly you do something, you think, well, gosh, that's odd. Actually, I do that with my left hand in that way and, and whatever. Um, so, it, it, you know, and you can be right eyed dominant, but left handed and right footed and the other way around, all sorts of weird and wonderful ways, um, cross lateral. And, and that's what that's termed. And that can be an issue as well. Um, particularly if, for example, you have a child who may be a little bit clumsy uh, or not too well coordinated, it is worth checking which uh, eye dominant they are. Um, funnily enough, in our, in our shop, we had a toy shop as well, so um, at, with our left-handed corner. Uh, and I had a lad came in and um, we had a kaleidoscope and I said, uh, Hold, hold the kaleidoscope to your to your eye and see which one and you pretend to be a pirate Arr. anyway so he went boom slap bang in the middle i thought ah right he hasn't quite decided what his eye dominance is <laughs> um but um yeah so it, it's well worth uh, understanding that uh, not that you can necessarily do anything about it but say if you have a child who is clumsy or not too well coordinated worth checking that out because then you appreciate that they're, they're not sort of doing it on purpose. That's, that's just the hand and the eye aren't coordinating together. Um, I, in fact, I had a, a lady came in and she explained it beautifully. She said whenever she went to catch a ball, she put her hand out to where she thought it was, but because she was right eye and the hand and the eye weren't, weren't coordinated together, she always missed it, um, which I thought was a, a really a good explanation of, of, of those issues. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I tried the, um, so I, I did the laterality test myself as part of the, uh, the training package and then, um, quickly said to my, uh, my youngest daughter who's left-handed, right, come, come on, let's, let's have a go. Let's see. And ironically, it's not something that I've done with my own daughter. 
I mean, she's now beyond 20, and uh, but it was great to do with her. But then took that the concept of the laterality test into a number of schools that I've been working with and have just said to teachers, mostly, and leaders, um, what do you know about a laterality test? And um, I was surprised by the lack of knowledge of what a laterality test is, um, how useful it is in the classroom, how it can help the individual learner. So it's been really insightful just raising the concept from school to school and exploring it, exploring it further. So top recommendation, Mark. Thank you. Laterality test. Yeah, it's interesting that the other thing is about uh, double handed activities. Um, And um, I think trying double handed activities to work out whether the child is right or left handed um, can can skew it because if, for example, um, when you're a a right handed child uh, as as a baby, um, you would put the food to your mouth with your right hand. You're then told with a knife and fork, no, you're not going to do that. You've got to put the fork in the left hand and then the knife in the right hand. And the idea is you're going to cut with the dominant hand and then put the food to your mouth with your left hand if you can. You suddenly, because if you're not too well coordinated, you can get up <laughs> going all over the place. I punch in the eye. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, it's not good. So, um, and, and Robert, it was quite interesting with him because what he would do, he didn't really have the strength in his right hand to cut. So he would put the knife on the food and then sort of tear with the left hand. But he was relatively happy doing that because he was then putting the food to his mouth with his dominant hand. And if you think things like like in in PE, for example, uh, if you're playing cricket or golf, you can do both of those uh, activities in what is deemed the right-handed way without actually using your right hand because it's the left arm that does the main work in controlling. So I say to parents particularly, if you're trying to find out whether the child is right or left-handed, disregard double-handed activities because that can that can skew things. So yeah. that's really good to know, and really good for me to bear in mind when uh, we really enjoy playing tennis, and mm. um, when I'm trying to do a, a hold my racket with two hands to do a backhander and it just doesn't work, I might uh, spare myself a bit of forgiveness. Yeah, interestingly, <laughs> many years ago I was in, in my shop listening to Wimbledon. And um, Fru McMillan was on. He was a South African doubles player. And um, they were talking about left-handers. And uh, I texted something in or whatever. Uh, Anyway, he wrote to me longhand uh, and gave me a whole list of famous left-handed tennis players, uh, which I thought was was really good. Very sort of high percentage, um, McEnroe. Um, I can't think of any others. Uh, Rosetsky, a whole a whole load of very famous, good left-handed tennis players um, who can have a um, an advantage being left-handed on on the tennis court. So yeah. So we want to um, when we pedal backwards and we go go back to the world of nursery and reception class, and what we want is children to have the most inclusive experiences right from the start. We want to get it right for them in terms of environment, in terms of resources, and in terms of training for staff members. So um, so we're, we're just giving left-handed children the best possible chance to make progress. And I guess making life easier for them. And as you've already said, you know, keeping their confidence and their well-being high. Yeah. So where, would you, where do you suggest people start? 
Well, I, I think with you can do the sort of basic laterality tests uh, very, very simply, um, and it's uh, important as well to, to listen to what the parents uh, say and think about whether the child may be right or left-handed or, or undecided. Um, I would suggest that the the um, uh, teachers, for want of a better word, um, practice certain things themselves. That was the one way we found out with, with Robert, if he was struggling with anything, we'd, we'd try it ourselves. And I think it was actually quite helpful being right-handed because we could look uh, objectively at it. Um, he struggled with tying shoelaces, uh, for example. Um, so we used Velcro for a long time. That was uh, really useful on the shoes. Um, scissors. Um, we've had people come in the shop and say, oh, our scissors are ambidextrous. Uh, and they're talking a load of absolute bleep, 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 frankly, because um, something that I, I never considered um, as a right-hander growing up, that, you know, there are different scissors. Um, yes, you may be able to physically hold them in both hands, but what makes a pair of scissors right or left-handed is the way the blades are set. If you were to hold a pair of right-handed scissors in your right hand, you would look down the inside of the blade to follow the line. If you then put the same scissors in the left hand, the cutting edge is now on the outside. So a lot of left-handers, they sort of turn the scissors away from the vertical or, or the head goes out. So simple things like that, understanding what is a pair of left and right-handed scissors is absolutely really important. And therefore, it's important that if they're cutting out with a left hand, that they have, they're provided with proper, correct left-handed scissors not ones and, and even sort of some people say oh well if you turn the right-handed pair of scissors upside down it, it'll do it. It, it it's not the blade is still still the wrong way around believe it or not i mean there, some people come up with the most amazing things that um, to make it left-handed and and the, the, there, there are other simple bits like um where you sit the child you know if they're doing painting or whatever um you don't want a, a right-handed to the left to the left-hander so for example when we were when when we were having a meal with Robert, we put him on the on the end of the table. We'd we'd put the glass on the left hand side. Um, you know, simple things, but you, you just need to think about it and, and observe, uh, make notes. What's he doing with his left? What's he doing with his right? You know, um, find motor skills. What he's you know are they are they using their left handed for that or the right or or uh, pretend to kick a football? Which which foot do they use? Um, there are various things, um, activities that you can you can try, which will which will give you a good idea whether you're um, that way inclined. The one thing that's great about early year staff is they are they're hot on observations, aren't they? That that's mm. the one thing they do exceptionally well. Um, and and I suppose one of the things from this podcast is for those teachers who are further up school who maybe aren't seeing children on a, a daily basis. Maybe you're doing your maths and your writing, so you're not getting the chance to observe your left-handed children in, in such a diverse range of activities. Yeah. Um, the laterality test would be a good start, but then I, I think maybe just having that sharper eye in lessons like um, design and technology when they're using peelers or knives as they go up the school. So so keeping a sharp eye and throughout the range of activities that go on in um, primary and secondary school. Yes, indeed. I mean, going back to the nursery for uh, a second or so, um, when I do my workshops in, in person, um, I give out a little wind-up toy. Uh, got one here. 
And um, e even toys are designed for right-handers, believe it or not. So this is a wind-up toy. I'm holding it in my right hand with a winder on the left. And normally, uh, as right-handers, when you wind something up, you wind away from you. That's the natural way to do it. So if I try and wind this up away, it just doesn't work. It, it won't wind at all. Um, so even, even wind-up toys, little things like that, um, you know, can, can, can be really tricky for, for little ones. So understanding that and saying, okay, well, you try it this way around and yeah, it's not exactly natural, but uh, try this way and you can uh, make it work. Um, so, so there are things you can do, but it, it's about putting yourself in, in the child's place, I think, and just thinking about what they're doing uh, yes, you may be right-handed and think, okay, well, okay, I see that left-hander struggling a bit. I wonder why. Um, and go and check with them and, you know, try it out yourself and see, okay, well, maybe there's, there's that issue um, that I need to do something about and think about. And, and top tips such as the angle of the paper and writing um, when children write right to left what you can do as a teacher really to to help build the practice of left to right yes i mean we had that that issue with robert because he wrote his name in, in mirror script uh, he, he wrote yeah. three ball <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 what you need to remember from from um the child's perspective is what they're doing is coming naturally to them that their eyes are scanning from right to left Obviously, in our society, we read left to right. We write left to right. We tell the time left to right. You can get left-handed clocks. And I have to say, when we first got them in the shop, I thought, they're a gimmick. They really are. <laughs> but they're not. Some left-handers find it a lot easier to read that way because they would much rather scan that way. And what we did with, with Rob, which was fairly simple, really, is when you're reading to a child, um, both of you use the finger, use the finger, so you're following underneath a, a, a word, and you go from left to right, and gradually they, they get that gist that, that reading and writing goes from left to right. And on our, our mats, and, and um, what we've done is we've sort of highlighted the margin. Um, and again, that's something uh, simply that um, teachers can do is sort of highlight the margin in some way or other. Uh, and and Tell the child, look, this is this is where we start writing. We going, we go from left to right. Um, for some children, they will work that out pretty quickly, and and, and it, it's no longer an issue for very long. Uh, but some will struggle rather more. Um, but um, yeah. And I'm right in thinking you've got, because uh, I've seen some of the products you've got on offer, but you do have a lot of a lot of products in your shop, which is brilliant. So. Um, so tell us about how teachers can use your, I think their mats, probably A3 size are they, which which helps left-handed people to independently position the paper to get the best out of their writing. Yes, it's called a right-well mat, and it's actually for left-handers on one side and right-handers on the reverse. Um, so it can be used for, for the whole class. But uh, it's what I would call a good aid memoir. Um, we do have some handwriting uh, practice books that are rather more fun and interesting. But uh, if you're going to be doing your homework, uh, then the uh, mat is really rather useful. And uh, what we did, we actually tri uh, trialed it at Robert's prep school, uh, private primary school, get it right. Um, and it was the children themselves who felt that the angle that we've got was a fairly natural one. 
Um, so the idea is that it's shown at an angle, at an appropriate angle. Um, it shows uh, how to hold a pen or pencil, which is next to it. It's got a little pencil man, which actually my, my wife wrote. She's very creative, these ex-teachers uh, and teachers. Um, and it says start at this by the left, start here. Um, we've also put um, lowercase and uppercase letter formation on the top as well and other tips. And there is different uh, letter formation for the left-hander, only really in the lowercase and the T, and it's, it's the crossing that the left hand would more naturally cross from right to left, whereas right hand as we go the other way. In capital letter formation, there's the crossing of the A, the E, the F, the G, the H, the I, the J, uh, and the T. So it's more different in, in, uh, in capital letter formation. But the idea is you put paper over it, you can see the guidelines through it. Um, so it, it does give you a, an appropriate technique uh, and, and other tips as well. And, and basically what you're looking for is is actually a right angle. <laughs> Maybe it should be called the left angle. Um, but it's 90 degrees uh, where the pen comes down, the writing goes across at 90 degrees. If you've got that, then your hand is going to go underneath your writing. You can see what you're doing. You're not going to smudge it. There's no contortion of the wrist. But it's actually the angle of the arm which will dictate the angle of the paper. Uh, gets slightly complicated. So what you need to do is have your nice straight arm first, hold a, a pen in the correct part of the hand, turn the paper to line the edge of the paper up with the edge of the arm. That will automatically make that 90 degrees. Um, you see some left-handers almost writing down towards themselves. Um, so as I say, it's the choice from sort of, um, if, if you have it straight, and that in the past, that was one of the issues for, for left-handed children particularly. The teacher said you had to have your paper straight in front of you. And frankly, it was a sort of a, a sin if you didn't. Um, but from the left-hander's perspective, I mean, you, 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 you try it yourself now. If you're holding the pen, the angle of the left arm means you're almost bound to smudge it, which is why a lot of left-handers ended up with a sort of hook style of writing. Um, so if you put the paper to the left, turn it, straighten the arm, uh, and then you're going underneath it, you can see what you're doing. And it's actually very, very simple to do. And, and, I, and I think, again, that's where Heather and I being right-handed, uh, being uh, objective, uh, was, was really, really helpful. So to see all this, you give, you give such a great explanation because you know it so well. So for people who are really thinking about this for the first time and are, are listening, scratching their heads, maybe heading into the classroom thinking, right, okay, I'm going to give just double focus to this and make sure I'm doing all that I can. Before we close today, what, what would be your top tip for schools? We, we've spoken about allocating somebody who's responsible for left-handedness in school, making sure you've got enough resources. Um, making sure you observe closely your left-handed children and, uh, of course, that laterality test. To close today's podcast, if there was one one piece of kind of a golden nugget of advice and guidance that you would give, what would it be? Be more aware of your left-handers. Uh, do something about it. Be proactive. There's all very well talking about it, and I've talked and people have talked so much, but at the end of the day, you need to do something. Um, and, and you will make a real difference to the life of your left-handed children, uh, to your school as a whole. Um, so please make that difference. Yeah, I think the one thing that sticks with me from today's podcast is you spoke so much about um, children, children's self-esteem, children's feel-good factor, and the fact that children can come out of school feeling successful 
rather than feeling they're battling a system or a piece of equipment that's just not not built for them. So, Mark, yep. thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. Um, we'll pop in the show notes all of the different ways that people can connect with you. They can access your training. I believe it's on my CPD group. Is that right? It is. Um, I also do in-person training if, if that's uh, wanted. But, yes, you can uh, download it and do it all on mycpdgroup.com. Yep. Yep. So there are lots of ways that people can um, connect with you, um, touch base, get some personal guidance or talk to you about how to best make their school inclusive. So, um, Mark, genuinely, thank you. It's a really worthwhile conversation and one that definitely needs to be had. So thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you, Michelle.